forever. Dog. Will the truth ever be uncovered? This week on the podcast, Carol Ellis's The Buddy. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are discussing The Body by Carol Ellis today. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I also liked it. And I'm just now realizing that the title's a little bit mean. Right? Because isn't The Body like, are they talking about Lisa? No, they're talking about Peter. <laughs> Because the tagline on the book here is hidden in the woods is a deadly secret. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. The The cover that I'm looking at also, it, this kind of could have maybe been an explanation too because the cover here has like a little skeleton hand holding a like snake top cane. Ah, yes. Which that is... Would be Peter. Yeah, would be Peter. Do you want me to just right away, get out of the way and read the, the summary? Yes. Okay, get ready. (laughs) No one really happened the night Lisa Randolph fell off the cliff, and it seems that no one ever will, for the accident has left her paralyzed and mute. Then, Melanie is hired to read to Lisa, and soon she realizes Lisa is desperately trying to tell her something, something too deadly for words. If Melanie doesn't piece the clues together before it's too late, Lisa's gruesome secret could stay buried forever. There's a different um, summary on the book I'm looking at too. Okay, tell it's me basically the, the same. But the 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 second tagline is she's seen something too horrifying for words. Oh, no one okay. knows what really happened the night Lisa Randolph fell off the cliff. Now mm-hmm. she is paralyzed and mute. Basically the same. Oh, so okay. it seems no one ever will. Then Melanie is hired to read to Lisa. At first, Lisa just stares blankly. Soon, she seems to be desperately trying to tell Melanie a secret after Melanie's own life is threatened. She knows Lisa's secret is deadly. You know what's interesting? It's like almost the same. Yeah, it does seem as if somebody was (laughs) plagiarizing and like like moving things around. Like they're like, no one will be able to tell if I just like change the order of the sentences and make like some of the sentences passive. (laughs) Or it's (laughs) like it's like for the second printing uh, we, the publisher, want to do something a little different. And the person is like, that's like barely different. Yeah. They're like, we just want to put like sure. our own stamp on it. Yeah. And we just like, want to okay. like rework. We think that passive is a little more intriguing. <laughs> um, okay. I also really liked this book. I think we like Carol Ellis because we've liked her other stuff. I think. Yeah, I think so. I can't even remember what her other stuff is. but it- She did Camp Fear. Oh, which we kept accidentally calling Cape Fear. That makes sense. Um, she, <laughs> uh, I okay. Here's the one thing that I will say, and I know it was written in 1995, uh, 96, but well, that's later than I thought it was written. Yeah, I was like, Melanie, we need <laughs> to rethink how we refer to Lisa because, like, <laughs> the word invalid is like really bad. Is it really bad? <laughs> huh? Is it really bad? Yeah. Oh. Like invalid. I mean, I don't think I'd use it because it makes me sound like I'm fucking 80, but. Yeah. Invalid is like invalid, oh, yeah, like invalid. not valid. 
Yeah. So I was like, okay, mm. Melanie. I mean, I guess if we're really picking apart the two words. Yeah. <laughs> if we're really like thinking about what the if word like, means. I mean, if we're not just viewing it as one word, but two. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Because <laughs> um, like it does sound so different. It's like I'm an invalid. Like, oh, yeah. I'm in the mid 17th century. Yeah, it seems but very. But if you go, you're yeah. invalid. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. It just it sounds very like (laughs) love in the time of cholera. Like it's very like old timey. It's very um, not good. What am I trying to think of? Like Heidi. (laughs) (laughs) It's very like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Like it's like Heidi. Yeah. (laughs) Clara's an invalid. Oh my god, dude! Also, Lisa. No, 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 Melanie. The amount of time I know, right? Like I know <laughs> Melanie's not supposed to know what's going on, but the amount of times that she's like, "It's Kim," I, I was like, was Girl. like, "Shut up and die." I hope you fall <laughs> off a cliff. I don't know. I was like, mm, "I wish you and Lisa could trade places because yes. like, you're <laughs> because so stupid." Lisa, and I think, is a little more with it. <laughs> yeah, but also, okay, were you slightly, if not, if not romantically, I would say at the very least. As like brand new best friends, shipping Lisa and Melanie. Yes, absolutely. I was like, I love their relationship. Uh huh. And they're both I, like, they're both readers. I love a reader. Love a reader. And I loved. I honestly, I loved the like, because it's not just like blink once for yes, blink twice for no, but it's literally like I'm going to communicate to you, in through the prose. Of Jane Eyre. Like, who pushed me (laughs) off of a cliff? Like, and who might be endangering you? It is the absolute most circuitous route to the truth possible. Mm -hmm. Why? I mean, there's the luck of, like, she just happened to be reading this section. Like, I want to know how Carol Ellis came up with this. Was she reading Jane Eyre? And she's like, wouldn't it be romantic if like yeah. somebody used Jane Eyre to solve creams? Yeah. And I think also it just has like, I feel like this book has such like portrait of a lady on fire energy, right? <laughs> like, doesn't it? Like, it's like you have to go into this house and like. like I haven't seen the movie. Well, uh, this is based purely on the trailer um, (laughs) because I also have not seen it. But (laughs) you know, it's like doesn't this have trailer of Portrait of a Lady on Fire energy? Basically, what I'm saying is I didn't see the whole movie. I only saw like different parts like cut together in a different way. Um, But like, it's like go into this gothic mansion Mm -hmm. and you have to like read to this woman, and she is gonna like to me. This is peak like. Regency era secret, like you know how like in those movies that we like where it's like I can't touch you, but I'll like clench my fist or like I'll I'll touch your shoulder and that's gonna be basically the same as like third base type of thing. But like this, it's like I'm gonna move my finger every time you like it- read about a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> what is okay, my big criticism of the book sure is that the killer was not Georgia. (laughs) Because otherwise, why wasn't Lisa trying to tell like literally anyone before Melanie? 
what is it about Melanie? And it is their intense sexual chemistry, perhaps. I mean, there is that, certainly. Like, her yeah. finger is driven on by, like, pure yeah. lust. Pure lust. But if Georgia... Because all of the monitoring... I know. I know. I'm like, why, why? is she hiding yeah. her messaging? Like, wouldn't yeah. she have just been, like, trying desperately to get anybody to understand that, like, her boyfriend Garrett was a murderer? Right, that like, could have you been be happening like, this whole time. Like, wouldn't you be like, like you know, doing your finger thing, like, and being like, please let the cameras see it because the more yes. people that know, the better. Yes, yeah, because then we're both protected. Because I would have loved, right? Like, how deeply sexy is it that, like, okay? I mean, now I'm just changing this into like a very like psychosexual thriller. However. What if it was like, so you know how this maid is new, right? Because she yes. just moved. Oh, right. Like two weeks before. Yeah. The accident. Right. I thought it was totally about getting her out of the way for Mr. Yes. Randall. Yes. Or we could even do it like, okay, this makes it like way more scary, but <laughs> we change it, right? So she used to be in a relationship with Lisa, got a little bit too possessive. Ooh. Lisa gets into her accident where she can't communicate anymore and she comes in and and becomes the maid Ooh. slash caretaker so she's always watching older woman yes and then this new girl comes in and is like uncovering the secret and is gonna save lisa interesting see to me that's like very very sexy very scary very cool <laughs> um sexy scary cool sexy scary cool <laughs> the uh, new uh, tlc album the new but one <laughs> the the new one <laughs> or not tlc oh boy the album is tlc no that's crazy sexy cool it's crazy yeah. sexy cool oh my god it's too hot in this room i can't oh, no i don't have any air in this room i'm okay at my turn, mom's put the put the put the fan right on you i don't care no one's gonna sure. care okay yeah, no one's gonna care they're gonna they would rather you be comfortable okay just right. Second. Yes. I would think, would you guys rather I be comfortable? Uh, tweet at me now. <laughs> As you're because listening that's what to I this. think. Just like, because let me know that if at the time you listened to this, you were in fact comfortable with it. Or if the fan, if the white noise from the fan just bothers you the whole rest of the episode. I here, want to know. Here's the thing. Because we've done episodes where I am currently experiencing a heat stroke. Right? Like we have done episodes where I am leaving this mortal coil as we are recording. I have watched I, your spirit rise out of yes. your body. Like the the ectoplasm is visible. It's visible. And honestly, I think it hurts the episode. I think it would have been better if we had a little bit of noise. <laughs> but I wasn't on the cusp. We didn't have that of option, though. We did In not. In the Forever Dog studio, there was no yeah. fan to put on us. There was no fan and there was no AC uh, that worked, mm -hmm. um, and it was 92 degrees during an episode. Why don't you guess which one? <laughs> <laughs> I felt back. so bad. Listen I, to yeah. all of the episodes. Listen to every single episode actually, and let us know. I don't remember. I know exactly which episode it was. Which one? It was, um, I don't remember what book we covered, but I remember the guest, and it was uh, Jason? Wait. From podcast, oh, Jason Sheridan, yeah, the 99th yes, Street. Because I remember Series. I felt really bad afterwards because oh, yeah. I got up and I was like, I have to go to the restroom. I'm so sorry. 
and like got up and left. And I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I just seriously feel like very, very, very ill. Um, Cause yeah, the heat, the heat does it to me. So I get it. And if, if you ask me, I'm always like, girl, put the AC on you <laughs> or the fan on you or something. Cause I don't want you to feel. I do th- feel instantly better. Yes. Cause it kind of makes you feel a little insane too. Cause you're just like, ah, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of the group TLC. <laughs> You're like the group H-E-L-P, M-E. H-E-L-P. The group lifting my fingers lately. <laughs> um anyway, it didn't make that would have that would have been a cool like very I think it would have been a very reality. different book. Yeah. Very I think that's a world book. of fantasy. I think you should write me. that book. Thank you. I think maybe I will. I've been mm-hmm. playing around with the idea of writing a book about like a psychosexual relationship between like a, a scary Victorian lady and her new uh, maid that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I my life was changed when I went to the Winchester Manor. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what if? <laughs> um, but yeah, it. It still was a cool book and I liked it. Yeah. I thought it could have been there there could have been some kind of justification for that. Yeah. And it would have been that would have like elevated it another like let's say star or letter grade. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so sorry. I, I still liked it. Uh yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? I, yeah, I tried to okay, I was about to sneeze. <laughs> And I was trying to find the mute button and all I could see was the stop recording button. And I was like, no, don't click that. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I agree. Also, okay, there, what I actually liked was that despite the Kim thing, outside of the Kim, the Kim thing, mm-hmm. I felt like Melanie was smart because the thing that makes her go down this Kim spiral. I thought she was really smart about. So Kim's boyfriend is Neil. Neil. And Neil, this is what I fucking loved because in any other book, like in an R.L. Stein book, the way that Neil acted, the main character would be like, wow, he really likes me. Yeah. But Melanie's like, I don't like that he's acting like this to me. He has a girlfriend. She's sitting right there. That's so tacky. I don't like that. I don't want to be involved in your psychosexual drama. Exactly. She's moved here. She's like, I just moved here. I could have my own psychosexual drama if I wanted. It's and it would not involve you. Um, (laughs) And I also like that when Kim starts getting mad at her, she's like, God, I just wish she wasn't mad at me because like I get it. But like she should be mad at her guy because like Uh he sucks. I thought it was funny when she says that to Kim, though, and she's like, who says I'm not? <laughs> I know. And then I was like, OK, OK, Kim. That's fair. And then she, th- there was that. And then there was also like, I just felt like I, I really liked how she instantly connected with Lisa mm-hmm. and how. OK, this was the other part that I was like, I understand that we're trying to make her empathetic, but also Melanie, like <laughs> when she's like, she's like, wow, Lisa after having experienced a horrific accident, um, cannot communicate with anybody at all. Um, I know exactly how that feels because I'm often on the outside as well. I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> on account of being so new. Yeah. So new in town. It's similar 
to um, being paralyzed and mute. <laughs> and I was like, well, Lisa, like, I mean, I just... In much the same way you are locked in your own body, I am locked yeah. in a new town. Literally, she's having like locked in syndrome, basically. I mean, without, I mean, there's like, because you know how like locked in syndrome is like question marks as to how it happens. Like we know how this happened. Like mm-hmm. she, she fell off a cliff, but yeah. it's like, she's like, wow, you know how you literally can't speak? I get it because I often feel like I can't speak because I'm nervous because I'm so new. <laughs> On account of being so nervous. Do, am I actually unable to speak? No, I can speak. I absolutely and I, can. I always do end up speaking. But <laughs> I know I know in that second before I speak, it's similar. It's very similar. So I absolutely get it. And then she's like, she also tries to compare it to um the gardener. Yeah, like he's also new. Yeah. She's like, wow. He found a body. Mm, I also am new. <laughs> In much the same way that he was traumatized by finding a um a um, unconscious body, um, I am uh, always finding my unconscious nervousness. <laughs> I wake up every day, so in a way, I'm finding my own body unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, I'm finding my own body. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was reading, I was like. Oh, I, Melanie, uh, I get that you are very empathetic, but like you don't need to find an analog in your own life <laughs> for everything. always to being new. It's like being new. My mom's sister and I were watching this biopic last night about Helen Reddy, the uh, woman who sang, who uh, her big like hit was I Am Woman. Like, I am woman, hear me roar. And... Yeah. There's this middle part of the movie where it's like, okay, so obviously she needs to have a moment where it's like, whoa, fame is like getting to her and she's like a different person and she's having Mm. conflicts with the people in her life. Mm. And she was friends with this rock or music journalist Mm -hmm. like from when they both lived. They were both from Australia and they knew each other then and then they both moved to the States. She became a really famous music journalist she became Helen Reddy whatever and and then her friend is like so obviously dying (laughs) of like lung cancer throat cancer emphysema something because she eventually like has an asthma attack and just dies in her apartment (gasps) and the night before she died like Helen Reddy shows up and she's like oh hi um it's just been. I was gonna try an Australian accent, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so she's like, "Oh, hi, it's um, how are you?" And her friend is like, <gasps> oh, "I don't know, <sighs> maybe just missing my <sighs> friends who are suddenly <gasps> too famous to see me anymore." And she's like, "Oh, what lovely lilies on your table? Uh, oh my did god!" They come from? And she's like, <gasps> "David Bowie." Send them because he heard I was sick, and apparently, like some people still remember their friends. And she's like, "Oh yeah," she's like, "Wow, your apartment's really kind of a mess." Oh my <laughs> friend is like, "Yeah, it's just this. All my work is taking over my life. I feel like I'm just like constantly two steps behind." And the friend's like, "Yeah, I get being busy as well." <laughs> and my sister is like, "What is this scene? Why is she so completely callous? She's out of touch." It's like she's I understand so that you are trying to like connect to your friend, but yeah. she's like, 
bitch, I'm dying. You haven't returned my phone calls. And she's like, I guess we're all just busy. <laughs> like how I'm busy winning Grammys and touring. Um, mm, I you are busy it. with um, not being able to breathe and writing. <laughs> Look, I get it. Life gets away from you. In your case, literally. In my case, <laughs> it just flies because I'm so famous. <laughs> In your case, literally. <laughs> and that is absolutely unfortunate. My prayers are with you. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, okay. So she's reading the... Wait, what is the name of the sexy... Uh, Oh, that part, I laughed. I think I took a picture of it because it was very much like our story. The sexy um, gardener. Mm-hmm. What's his Jeff. name? Jeff. Okay, because there's a moment where Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, like, is very mercurial. He, I like, guess. Like, we're told like, that, but he never felt menacing to me. There was just one part where, I, right, he, like, will get. Sorry, continue. No, no. So there's just one part where she's, like, like talking to him. And he's like, they're outside. And he like comes up to her under a tree. And she's like, ah. <laughs> he's he's so tree. Sex- sexy and scary. I like it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, our book. <laughs> it literally was like, he's so sexy and scary. We had a lot of very good teachers, such as this book. Such as this book. So... Okay, so she's like reading to this to this girl Lisa, and Lisa keeps like putting her finger, like moving her finger, um, at certain parts when she's reading Jane Eyre out loud, and when she describes this guy, this stranger with dark, dark eyes, she like wiggles her finger, and so then she gets it in her head, like literally someone with dark eyes, that's stranger. Mm-hmm. What? So this is the, oh, because she was, okay, because it was separate. It wasn't a stranger with dark eyes. It was a stranger uh, was in clue, danger. <laughs> so there was like, a, it was a little bit, yeah, it was a little bit like, um, <laughs> the, I felt like the clues, the clues were not so cluey. They were not very cluey. They were more just like. I am experiencing locked-in syndrome and I just need to find something to communicate to you that my boyfriend tried to kill me. I I really love because what what I imagine actually happening on Lisa's end is like if if you could choose like literally any other form of me giving you hints. Yeah. <laughs> I would very much appreciate. Instead yes. of this like fucking convoluted Jane Eyre shit. It's also real, yes, because I'm imagining, right, that she's like, she's like, she does the finger thing once while this girl is reading, while Lisa, or while Melanie's reading Jane Eyre to her. Mm -hmm. And then so Jane Eyre is like, uh, Jane Eyre. So then um, Melanie's like, oh, the answer's in Jane Eyre. And then, so she keeps reading it more and Lisa's like, fuck, okay, like, I kind of wish she would move on from the Jane Eyre thing, but I guess I have to work with what I have because she's just obsessed with reading me this fucking yeah. book. So I'll just try to do clues through that. It's like, didn't it occur to you that like she was giving you clues on Jane Eyre because that's what you were holding in your hands? <laughs> yes. That's like literally the only thing you were trying to read. Yes. Like as soon as she was like, oh, she lifted her finger on help. It's like, okay, 
Blink if you need help. Great. Got it. Oh, you gave me this clue at stranger. By stranger, do you mean Peter? Great. Got it. Like, move yes. on. Yes. <laughs> you already yes. got the clues. Quit trying to analyze who the stranger is when you could just be fucking asking her. Yeah. Very silly. It was, it was, it was very, it just was really Not funny. Not in the worst way because it is, no. it's fun that it's this yes. like Victorian Jane Eyre stuff. It's just very silly. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's one of those things where I don't think it's, um, I'm not like, oh, that was a bad choice because I'm just laughing yeah. at it as if it were something real that happened where yes. you're like, damn, I cannot believe that they were stuck trying to communicate through Jane Eyre. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> nightmare. She's it's been living nightmare. just this waking nightmare for yes. what, a year? Also, can you how imagine how annoying it would be to have that maid always trying to put fucking blankets on you all the time? Very annoying. As somebody that runs hot, I would have been pissed. <laughs> I love that she was being fully treated like a little Victorian girl, though, because it's like, and then we put her in like this, this light green little fluffy dress and uh, I'm forcing one of her friends to come over and braid her hair every day. Oh my god. It <laughs> reminded me so much of the secret garden like yes. when when she's like we need to bring her outside when like we we learn that like vitamin D deficiency is like the only thing keeping you from like full recovery from your mystery yes, little illness. Colin and his allergy to spores. What so what was his illness? His illness was that his fucking nanny was too um, uh, protective. Yeah. It's like okay. you said, like he needed fucking vitamin D and exercise. Yeah. And instead she's like locking him up out of the rays of the sun. And it's just because he was like born premature and kind of weak. Right, 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 But right. the fact that she's like never trying to build him up to strength is what keeps him weak. Right. I and mean, she's I like, feel you like you can't be exposed to spores. Oh, right. All the spores. Well, praise spore. And little what's-her-face. What's the main character in that? Oh, I don't know. Little troublemaker girl. Yeah. Is is Sarah in Little Princess or is Sarah oh, that? Because I always little get those princess. two mixed up. Secret garden. Yeah, because I, I read those two books a lot. <laughs> a lot. Mary. Mary, Mary. Lennox. Duh. I always remember Colin's name and then not at all Mary or the little gardener boy. Oh, yeah. I they become love a little... that movie, though. The one-two punch of The Secret Garden and Little Princess in yeah. the 90s. Yes. Very good. Really, really Very good. Very moody. Yeah. I and mean, even before those movies came out, I had both of those books because they had like a series of like novels for little girls mm -hmm. uh, that were printed like in the same paperback printing where they were like in the 90s I guess they were just like we should print all the you know how they do that nowadays with like hardbacks that are gonna look cute in anthropology mm -hmm. but yeah. they did that for like kids that had like little illustrations on the front and so my mom got me those and I remember reading those two books like over and over and over again and then when the movies came out I was like yes <laughs> like I was so excited <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something. I did not expect my, my voice to do that when yeah, I that started. Became, so. <laughs> that honestly, now I understand so many moments in these books 
when it's mm. like they answered the phone and then suddenly their voice became inhuman mm, which yeah. happens in this book like oh now i get it that's what just that's what you did Kelly. that would just happen also like that moment yes. for me yes. that moment to me was like you know when they're like then there was a sound and it was my own voice i didn't even know like that yeah. was just happened to me so like yeah. both sides wow. both sides True. Yeah, we know it's possible it's possible um for a plain little Kelly to become a little demon. Yes. But okay, so then oh so okay, did you think that maybe wait, you already said that it was that you thought it was Claudia, right? Or that it could Georgia. have been or Georgia, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. Because Garrett always calls her sweet Georgia. That's right, that's right. And Georgia is the n- uh, nurse. Well, lady. she's she's not really a nurse. She's, no, she's the a father's maid. secretary slash, slash housekeeper. housekeeper slash that's personal right. assistant. She has an apartment upstairs. If your house has like an apartment, you know you're rich. You're rich. You're rich and also... Fun. If your story has an apartment upstairs, we got to get in that damn apartment upstairs. I want to know what that looks like. I want to see what's in there because there's something scary. Because mm-hmm. you know um, that Georgia has her own separate book going on where she is terrifying. Yes. It's like there ratchet. Two, you're getting two books in one. Yeah. And you never see the more interesting story, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. Every time we're always like, I wanted to know more about her. Mm-hmm. Um. I also thought it perhaps, and I know that she was a a red herring, but I thought it could have been interesting if it were um, Melanie's like new friend. Who's that girl? The one who works at the diner. Trina. I I was like, maybe it could be Trina. That could be interesting. I was wondering that, but never really thought it was going to be Trina. But I thought it was very funny that she's like, Wow, I could really relate to Lisa being just like paralyzed and mute because I'm you and no, no one. Anyway, here's my best friend, Trina. I know. <laughs> she kept what? being like, I don't know anybody. And then she'd be like, I stopped over at at the diner with my best friend, Trina. And oh, also like Trina had some interesting moments that like are classic, like like um, this person, I kind of hope, for their sake that they're the killer because Trina kept being like, tell me everything. <laughs> like, like <laughs> trying to get right, all, all, the, all the secrets. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> and then uh, Melanie kept being like, wow, Trina's so nosy. And I was like, this girl's like really I like in your biz. Regardless of whether friends. she thought. So I don't know if we need to go beat by beat with this story, no, but for background really. for what we're talking about is, of course, people start leaving Melanie threatening messages about trying to communicate with Lisa. First, she finds one in the copy of Jane Eyre at one point. It says, like, um, be careful who you, like, trust or, like, don't if you. It's like if you want to keep reading to Lisa, be careful who you talk to. Yes. And then there's the nail polish or the phone call? oh yeah i think the phone call comes first phone it's calls like, first like yeah. i said be careful who you talk to she's like uh, a demon i know <laughs> and and then somebody writes backward in nail polish on the, yeah very clever 
on her patio, her glass patio doors. Like, just again, like, bitch, quit talking. Yeah, yeah, it's like, watch I'm, out or something. Okay, even if you think it's Kim, why aren't you also just, like, accounting for the possibility that, yes, maybe I should not tell things to people? Oh, my All God, I know. Is just, but instead, she tells fucking everyone everything. Everything. I was like, why aren't you getting that there is a mystery around how Lisa was injured? When okay, so Lisa like is doing the finger thing about certain words, and she's like, I think Lisa's trying to communicate with me. My first fucking instinct is tell fucking nobody because she already knows that Lisa's trying to do it without anybody knowing. Anybody knowing because there's constant surveillance because there's cameras everywhere. And instead, her first thing is to go up to Garrett and be like, I think Lisa's trying to talk to me. Yeah. And Garrett's like, really? Like, what words? What is she doing? What is she saying? Did she seem like she knew how she got felling, fall down on the cliff? She moved her finger. And she's like, she moved her finger. And he's like, okay. <laughs> okay, I got jealous. Mm. But I'm <laughs> yeah. fine. I'm cool. Also, did you feel like he had like a definite Coke problem? He definitely seemed high strung. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just seemed very like he's just like constantly sniffing. Yeah, I mean his like <laughs> eyes are like like fucking red rimmed, and he's like, I've got so many ideas and plans. And I'm like, I just feel like saying, oh, he's upset about Lisa falling off a cliff is like, there's a bit more to it. Skipping a step, yeah, like he's <laughs> upset and therefore started doing like designer drugs, for example. But <laughs> like just. <laughs> if I if I had to wager, yeah. I yeah. guess maybe. But instead, she's just like, "Wow, he's really upset." <laughs> wow, he's kind of mercurial. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mercurial in this book, except for yeah. Trina, maybe. And I guess Lisa. I guess Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Because Trina's probably just, like, the nosy. smartest bitch in this book. Dude, Lisa gets a fucking Pulitzer for figuring <laughs> out. Like her method, like the look, the Lisa way. gets a fucking Peabody for her work <laughs> in finger raising. I mean, we've never seen something like that before. Just like she's award winning reporting. Yeah, seriously. She's like putting her life on the line to tell this story. Also, okay, the scary secret is that there was this guy that was really hot and he was a camper and he came to the town his and everyone fucking walking his situation his walking stick was dorky as hell He's like and maybe i'm a victorian hiker yes <laughs> like okay most like most hiking sticks right mm-hmm. like i don't get why he's like dressed like a daddy dom from like 2014 tumblr who's like i'm a vampire like why does he have a fucking whatever he, it's his walking st- it's a it's a black stick with a fucking silver snake's head on top with ruby red eyes yeah huh? and he's like yeah. you know just going from hostel to hostel making my way around europe yeah just going from spirit halloween to spirit halloween <laughs> i just, just don't going don't to seance to seance <laughs> working on my victorian spiritualism <laughs> i mean a great place to go that house true so he he like why does he Oh, so uh, the guys are like really threatened by him because he is extremely hot, as we've said. Mm-hmm. And, all, and the all the girls are like drooling all over themselves. And then Lisa's like feels bad because like the guys have been harassing him. So Lisa's like, OK, why don't you just camp on my giant property? I live on the moors. 
which seem to exist like outside of the universe where everything else exists. Cause it's very, it's very clear that Carol Ellis was very moved by like Jane Eyre and like that kind of vibe and was like, what if teens now? <laughs> so it's like, but she, what if teens? Yeah. So she's living, Lisa lives on like the moors of like South Dakota and like, <laughs> <laughs> is like live on my property and he's like okay and then he disappears mm-hmm. Except and then shortly after that really talks like no adults right. seem to know about the existence of peter it's like right. he waltzed into a diner with his his victorian walking stick mm-hmm. and then that night neil punches him in the face mm-hmm. and lisa's like you may stay on my lands for i am lady bountiful <laughs> And and then like for the lands need ten pretty much that night they kill him. Yeah, they do kill him. Uh, the boys do, and so um, he is a straight up vagrant. And shortly after, like literally, like the day he disappears, uh, what or basically is killed. Um, Melanie, or I'm sorry, Lisa witnesses it and runs away, and it's so foggy in the moors. She forgets that there's like a giant cavern in the middle of her property and she just runs off a cliff on accident and falls down. <laughs> which is sad and funny. Yeah, which is like, I mean, I just... She just like Looney Tunes herself right off that cliff. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Garrett's kind of like, okay, problem solved. Like she can't talk. She can't. She can't. Well, he didn't even a, know that he me. saw at all. Oh, so he just thought it was unrelated. She fell down a cliff. Yeah. He's stupid. A little. <laughs> He's a tad stoop. Yeah, tad stoop, brog stoop. He's a tad brog. Tad brog stoop. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just like, wow, that was easy. Mm-hmm. I just killed a dude and and like caught up with Neil and everything's fine. Oops, my girlfriend fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Unrelated. And she was about to break up with him. It didn't have anything to do with Peter, it turned out, but he got very jealous. He didn't intend to kill Peter. He just intended to jump and beat him. Yeah. Um, And so that's why he then, like, is over there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of just like... He's like, oh, I'm winning her back. I'm getting her flowers. And like, she doesn't really seem that happy to see me, but I'll just keep trying. Yep. And uh, Melanie is like, she's like, I think I know. She thinks she puts it together. She's like, oh, my God. Dark dark eyes. That means. She's like, it's sunglasses. Garrett always wears sunglasses. Like, oh, my God, the reach on this. Because it's like dark eyes that glinted. And it's like, mm-hmm. <gasps> sunglasses are dark, but then they reflect light. It was okay. it was a reach. I'm glad that they both seemed to be communicating the same thing to each other. <laughs> and she's like, ah, I have to go. <laughs> like, it um, worked out. But I can yeah. imagine Lisa being like, oh, I what? That's not what I meant, but great. Yeah. She's like, oh, shit. I actually didn't even realize that, but like that really worked lucky. out. It's like. I accidentally invented penicillin. Yes. Yes. I just left this bread out. I didn't yes. know. Oh, my God. What a quink. Okay. <laughs> so then she's like, ah, I have to go get Lisa and save her because 
I know now that I accidentally told, I kind of brought it to Garrett's attention that like she knows something. So that's not good. Mm -hmm. So I got to get myself to the house, but it's also very rainy and the road is closed. So I have to like hike to the house. Oh my gosh. It smells really bad over here. Here's a campsite. It smells so, 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 so bad. Um, but I have to run away because I couldn't believe she didn't just find the straight up entire body. I thought, she, did she? She found the stick. I thought, oh, you're, I guess. Yeah. I can't remember now. I mean, she might've found like a finger or something, but I think you're probably, because right. I was waiting for her to find a body, the body. Yeah. But she's like, huh? Eh, a stick with a snake on it. That was Peter's. <laughs> and so she's like, ah. And then she almost falls down the cliff and she's like, oh, I'm now putting it together. Peter got killed and she probably did the same thing I did, got really scared and ran and she didn't stop like me and she fell down. Mm -hmm. And then she makes her way back into the house and she sees Garrett and he's like, why, why are you all muddy? And she's like, uh, walking. <laughs> and uh, oh, then she's like, I have to take Lisa. And then how do they get rid of him? What happens? It's, I found the um, physics of this confusing. So they go in, he confesses everything. Oh, right. He does like a villain monologue. Uh-huh. I, I like for the ages. For he, the ages. Like long. he did not have to reveal any of this. He could have just been like, I don't know what you're talking about. You sound crazy. Also, the tragedy here is that if Melanie had not tried to communicate with Lisa, Garrett would never have known that Lisa mm -mm. saw everything. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and truly, like, if if Melanie just wasn't such an idiot and if she hadn't kept communicating, like... If she hadn't kept revealing, like... It, yeah. Garrett said, just quit sharing things. And if he had... If she had fully taken that advice, because, of course, Garrett's the one who is like, quit talking... Mm -hmm. If she had fully taken that advice, Garrett would never have put the pieces together about what Lisa was even trying to say. Yeah. And just like, I feel like rule of thumb, mm -hmm. like if you are a teen and you are called to be a reader to someone in like a big scary mansion who's experienced a very mysterious accident. And they start trying to communicate with you. Like, mm -hmm. don't fucking tell anybody. I would never. Keep it in your heart until you can Keep figure it, it out. Keep it in your heart. <laughs> Write it. Etch it in your heart. Etch it in your heart. Just until you can figure out who What's what? you can trust. Yes. And like. She literally tells really everybody. The only people I would trust is like maybe the dad. But mostly just the police. Even though ACAB. ACAB. But they didn't know but that But in then. this situation, that's what you have. Yeah. Or like, honestly, like she's pretty good at figuring out these puzzles. So if she had just, because she doesn't learn anything from anybody she talks to. It's that, all from Garrett. Like, from his behavior. Mm -hmm. So if she had not. Just like, quit, like. Just like, shh, seriously? Yeah, shh, just. Shh, 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 shh. And then. She could just figure out, like, do her little, like, corkboard with, like, red string, and she would have figured it out. She didn't have to, because he doesn't tell her anything. He just acts the way Weird. he acts. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the beginning of him, like, so now I enact my murder, you plan. 
Mm. He pulls out a knife. For some reason, he's like, don't worry. I'm not going to stab you with it. I'm just going to threaten to stab you with it. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I didn't not get comforting, that. Garrett. Yeah. So he's like, come for a walk. Take her for a little walk. Blah, blah, blah. Hang on. Let me expand this. Expand the old screen. Um, <laughs> so he says, look out the windows. Melanie walked closer to the windows and looked out two narrow steps down to the side yard. A wide plank was leaning against them, a ramp for a wheelchair. See the plank? Garrett asked. That's what I'll tell them I saw too. Open window, plank. You had to be out there somewhere, right? So naturally, I went out to look. I was really worried. I yelled real loud, but you didn't answer. And this is all him saying how he's going to deliver the story to the police. Which like, why even tell them this? Don't know. Dumbass. <laughs> I yelled real loud, but you didn't answer. I kept yelling and walking up and down trying to find you. Finally, I did. You're wondering where I found you, aren't you, Mel? Um, well, it's time to find out. Come on, Melanie. Let's go outside. And he's like, growl onto her wheelchair, push her out. Let's go. And she's says she could shove it into him, Melanie was thinking. Shove the chair real hard, maybe push him down. But he'd realize what she was doing. He'd just jump out of the way. And what he was going to do is he was just going to like push them both over the cliff. Oh, yeah. That's what right. about Lisa? Melanie could run, but Lisa would be trapped. Um. Oh, yeah. She gets him to go downhill from her. Uh-huh. How does she do that? But like, I don't know. So it says faster than that. She's not heavy. Garrett reached behind him and unlatched one of the tall doors. Then he walked around until he was standing beside behind Melanie. She couldn't see the knife anymore, but she knew it was pointed at her. Melanie pushed the chair out the window and over the lip of the plank, bracing her legs. As the chair tilted down toward the lawn, careful, she thought, if you let go, the chair will roll straight down and over the cliff. So I guess they're right there? I didn't know they were so close. I guess there's a cliff like right there. Okay. So their 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 house has cliff access. She knew what Garrett was going to do. He was going to force them both over the cliff. It would be another accident, but this time it would be deadly. When the wheelchair was down the ramp, Garrett leaped down lightly beside Melody. They were on a flagstone walk leading toward the front of the house. He pointed the knife in that direction. Melanie felt a tiny bit of relief. She had thought it would happen right here, and now she had some time. Not much, but blah. Go on, we'll take a stroll up there, away from these windows. Maybe they'll think you took her up front to welcome Dad home. The edge was slippery, and, well, you get the idea. The flagstone walk was slick from the rain and mist, and the wheels slipped a little when Melanie turned the chair. The walk sloped up, she noticed. The incline got steeper and steeper. Melanie pushed, pretending it was harder than it was. One chance. She had one chance. It had to work. She couldn't do it alone, though. She'd need Lisa. And there was no way she could explain, but Lisa's mind worked just fine. She'd understand. She had to. Uh, she pushed the chair until the walk was at its steepest. Garrett's the oh, same right. distance behind her. So they're going up a hill. And he's behind, and she puts the brake on the chair. And she doesn't she tell Lisa, she tells like, Lisa let go of the, or like push down on the. release the brake when yeah. she says Garrett's name. So she like has this like confrontation with Garrett. Um, she pretends to trip. That's when she puts the brake on. Um, she tells her the thing. Gary's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm comforting her. I, and then I was like, Melanie, this doesn't make any sense. But Melanie <laughs> straightened up and turned around. He'd stopped walking. She's terrified. Melanie said, I was trying to tell her everything will be all right. I don't think she believes me. I was like, you guys, she's not deaf. 
Yeah. She is yeah. fully aware of what's going on and that Garrett she is going you. to kill you guys. Yes. But whatever. Yes. And then she's pretending like it's stuck. Melanie shoved at the chair again. Oh, yeah. And then she's Managed like, Garrett, you just so don't understand. Garrett. Yeah. Garrett. Garrett. It's Garrett. 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 <laughs> um, she starts walking downhill toward Garrett. He says, don't do that. Um, <laughs> hey, don't do that. Hey, stop. Melanie gets a few feet from him. She steps off the walk onto the wet grass. Downhill from Garrett now. Lisa at the top. Garrett in the middle. He pivots around, keeping his eyes on Melanie, his back to Lisa. And then she starts yelling his name. Lisa releases the wheelchair, rolls right into Garrett. Um, Garrett turned, but it was too late. Yeah, Lisa was screaming. His breath came out in a horse rush as the chair rammed into him at top speed. The impact knocked him onto the grass and sent the knife flying from his hand. Lisa was screaming. Garrett moved fast, but Melanie was faster. Before he was on his feet, she stopped the chair and pushed it farther down the sidewalk away from him. Then she grabbed the knife. Now she's in charge. Lisa's screaming. Then she stops and people get home and then everything's okay. And everything's fine. Okay. So it, I was like, does she like, she push him on the, off the cliff with that chair? I don't know why I couldn't remember. No, I was having trouble remembering the physics too. And then she's like, he killed the backpacker and buried his body in the woods. <laughs> And then everyone's like, wow, thank you for solving the crime. Mm-hmm. And then everything's fine. And she gets to be with Jeff, who is not evil. Oh, yeah. Because there, there's a big moment where uh, Melanie convinces Georgia to let her put uh, like read with uh, Lisa out on the on the veranda. Oh, yeah. Well, first, it's it's like sort of planted in Melanie's mind. So a she's already like keeping her eyes open for who's a stranger. Yeah. And then she and finds out Garrett thinks that Jeff stole Lisa's necklace that and Gar- Garrett gave and, her and she always had on. And Jeff is new as well. Mm-hmm. And like so his then, first experience there is finding her. Yeah. <laughs> finding Lisa. So then continue. So she's also like, I need to get some answers from her, but I cannot do it inside because there's cameras. So I'm going to try and convince her to let me, I'm going to try and convince the the housekeeper to let me read to Lisa out on this balcony, so that way she can, we can, I can ask her more questions, and she can blink once for yes, twice for no, blah blah blah. And she's like, ah, I forgot my book, which I have. She has her own copy, which she wrote notes in. She's like, it's in my car. I have to go get it. So she goes, and then she hears like crack, 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 and she's like, ah, and she comes back and fucking Steve, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is like sawing with a chainsaw. He's like tree trimming. He's tree trimming. Doesn't know she's there because she's never been out there before. And they don't let her go out there. No. And Melanie, because of spores. Melanie, quick, acts quick, right? She's like, boom, get her out of the way. They dodge the falling branch and it's fine. But that's like the moment that we're supposed to be like, is it him? Mm -hmm. And I feel like most people are like, no. I was like, no, it is not. I'm like, it's but not thank him. You. But thank you for the effort. I appreciate the effort. A for effort. Mm-hmm. Gotta have a red herring. Mm-hmm. Or three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did, I liked this book. I did too. I, I say read it. And so I'm sort of, I'm glad that we didn't like totally go beat by beat through the book. Because like, yeah, if, if you're a person reading along, I recommend this one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on uh, Open Library, so you can read it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
our next book is also an open library. And if you have not read it yet, Lindsay, we will not say what it is. Uh, let me see if I can check it out right now. Let me look up. <laughs> look up. I'll return the body. <laughs> let me check the old cow. Okay. Give me a second. It's not the first one that comes up, by the okay. way, when you search. Because right. the first one, it says it's not in the library, but it's like returning the, the book. You guys get the honor of doing this live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back. Get out of here. It's an hour at a time borrow, by the way. It, it's not. Oh, this one? Oh, the other one was 14 days. Okay. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> uh, So I just had to keep. Checking it out and putting it back. I mean, I'm gonna I tell you something. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. Only took an it's hour. Not gonna, yeah, it doesn't take very long. This one only it, took me an hour. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna tell you something else. Th- this next book is a. It's not. It. It's not as fun of a read. Oh, guess what? You can check it out for 14 days. You just have to hit that drop down. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. So for me, it was I had to join a wait list. So I was like, oh. I don't have time. And, right? It's Francesca Jeffries. No. That's what you have on the calendar. <gasps> Kelly, did I read the wrong book? <gasps> oh, no. No. The book that we're recording tomorrow, Lindsay. Isn't or that the- what's next? Oh. No. Okay. What the? F- oh, okay. Well, now I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> and fuck y'all. You know, people are going to be jumping, trying to look up fucking Francesca <laughs> like, uh, Jeffries. Where is Sweet or 16 Candles or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if this also is secretly. No, it's not. It yes, told me it I had to do a wait list. Oh, you're right. And I was like, no. Well. So then I just checked it out and put it back and checked it out. But it'll take you like one and a quarter times. Okay. Well, I didn't say it. it, right? Well, no. it doesn't matter because this isn't coming out before then. Or I'm reading it well, before it, it comes be. out. Are you sure? Right? Because this Cause episode this come we're out on recording Wednesday? right now is coming out Wednesday. We have to record tomorrow. No, but we have to move it, Lindsay. Mm, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. I oh hope my that God. everybody is joining this special little glimpse into how hard it is for Kelly to try to keep me on track with what <laughs> our fucking schedule is. To, to be fair, our how schedule is work? very complicated because of me. Like, we have to move things around a lot. Well, I me, will so. just... Be a good girl mm-hmm. and read it before this episode comes out. Okay. So next week's book. TLDR. Yeah. Is Call Waiting by R.L. Stein. Lindsay, you're going to get so mad reading this book. I'm just telling you right now. Like when I was reading it, I was like, how dare you? <laughs> R.L. R.L. Mm-hmm. R.L. R.L. How dare you? How dare you? That's, Truly, a, that's how my dare general you. feeling with. Good old Arl. This is perhaps much more so than any other. <laughs> like I was truly shocked like at the a audacity. Moose, um, Deus Ex Machina. No, De- Deus Ex Musina. Musina. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. There's nothing that. There's nothing so crazy that makes it worth it. Like it's more just like, yo, we're really gonna. We're all gonna let we're this gonna happen. Do this? All right. Is everyone's okay with this? Okay. <laughs> if that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, so we're doing Call Waiting by Arl Stein next. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who um, who listens. A big thank you to our Patreon producers and our Patreon uh, people in general. You guys help keep us alive. Mm-hmm. 
But a special shout out, thank you, to our Patreon producers. You opened in notes? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> thank you, Aaron Fernandez. Amanda Nengo. Ann Dwyer. Ashley Fritz. Claire Moore. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny. Emily Pooley. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Grace Armstrong. Jeremy Cronk. Jessica Smith-Harper. Jonathan Venable. Jordan Colwick. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Kelly Burns. Chris Dorina. Landry Desmond. Laura Hooper. Lonnie Martin. Luke Bartek. Mandalay Wolschlager. Mariana Trezakis. Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos. Pamela. Randy Clett. Rashad Black. Rogue Kalahua. Saoirse Descaro. Sarah. Sarah Jaggers. Sarah Nichelle. Sarah Wallen. <gasps> Sasha Gibson. Shannon Pickens. Sydney Bollinger. Tristan Buckner. Victoria Beck. Victoria Valdez. And Wendy Bartos. Thank you. And just since I just ran the lottery and everything, um, this month's winner of the ra- uh, Patreon raffle to choose the book for our outside genre episode that is available to all of our uh, $8 and up patrons mm-hmm. uh, is Miss Patreon producer Katie Lilly. Oh, my God. Wow. So I figured I'd go ahead and say it. We should always announce that. Yeah, we should announce it just in case they don't check their emails. Yes, because that <laughs> does happen sometimes. That does happen. That so does happen. I will be messaging you, uh, Katie Lilly. But if you uh, don't check that and you hear this, please uh, check that message. It would be so funny if we did the announcement and then we reach out and they're like, mm, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> would not like to. Oh, is that one of the perks? I'm going to unsubscribe. <laughs> unsubscribe. No, um, I can't also- take the pressure. <laughs> I mean, I would understand that considering our last couple reviews of books. That's true. Um, Sometimes somebody suggests a book and they like the book. We might not like the book. We might not. And unfortunately. we are honest. Unfortunately. We're honest. Unfortunately for everybody involved, um, we're honest. But you made a good suggestion to like um, atone for our sins in that regard. Oh, is yeah. To discuss... Um, you guys, a couple books I didn't even tell you loved and are terrible. Lindsay, I didn't even tell you what fucking book it is. It's so embarrassing. What is no, it? what book I used to like. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, have you read any Piers Anthony books? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what are you talking about? When I was don't even unless you mean it, grade. don't do this. I okay. When I was in third grade, in I third was grade? really yeah, I was really really into to to <gasps> demons don't dream by Piers Anthony. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, these are cool books. <laughs> and you guys, Anthony, it hot garbage. <laughs> Such fucking bad. Like, it's so bad. It's so fucking sexist. It's so oh, terrible. No. Um, uh, it is. Wow. <laughs> so that's going to be a mini-sode on the Patreon? Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to address this that- fucking sin of Kelly's in some okay, manner. Except I was a hard period as Anthony Stan, and oh, I, like, wow. would seek out his other books, and I read, like... Isle of View. Did you say in the third grade? Yes. Were these four children? No. <laughs> they are very. You um, were a child. Spicy. Anthony Stan. 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm really this sorry. man has damaged you. Yeah. No. Truly, like, if we want to talk about a source of my like problems oh my with male god. attention, no. I think we could dial it down to Piers Anthony himself. Oh man. I all right. So I'm looking this book up. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? I love you or De- demons don't dream. Um, the one that you mentioned, Demons Don't Dream. Demons Don't Dream. Mm -hmm. Wow, the patriarchy. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really, really bad. We'll talk about it. So that's like, honestly, like, if you guys want to feel okay for, like, liking the books you liked when you were younger, like, same. Because I thought Piers Anthony was the shit. And I had a... Okay, I still might have a collection of Piers Anthony books at my parents' house. Okay, Demons Don't Dream. Yeah. A fantasy novel by American writer Piers Anthony, the 16th book of the Xanth series. Yeah, he wrote a lot of the Xanth series. The Companions of Xanth computer game was marketed in a box set along with this novel. The game and novel share a storyline in which Kim and Doug, D-U-G, two Mm -hmm. mundane (laughs) teenagers, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is... Okay, so that's a term in this world. Yeah, they're mundanes, which means they're Capital not M. of the world of Xanth. I yeah. Play a mysterious Xanth, uh... computer game that magically transports them to the realm of Xanth to compete for a one-of-a-kind prize, a magical talent. In the actual computer game, Companions of Xanth, the player assumes the role of Doug. Of course. Of course. Um, okay, so they're 16 years old. Doug chooses the very sexy Nada Naga to be his... Don't like I I'm very shocked that I remember so much of this. Um I don't remember all the details, but I do remember that they have like there's a lot of moments where Nada has to take off her clothes and Doug is like very interested in that. Um what is Piers Anthony's <laughs> whole deal? Like what is like villain, I think. <laughs> I don't know. There's also okay, no, no, no. Like truly, okay. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you His which were and Quakers. They were mm-hmm. Quakers are chill. Yeah, apparently. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna look at Piers Anthony books. I'm gonna tell you which ones I read. Oh my god! Wow, I forgot that I read so many of these. <laughs> okay, so I was really into these ones. There were these books about um, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and um, this one is called On a Pale Horse. I read this one. This one was about death. Uh, the as a character, um, they're the in- incarnations of immortality books. Um, let's see, it is one of eight books in the incarnations of immortality series. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Okay, and then I also read Castle Rugna. I also read Bearing an Hourglass. I think that's also a death one. Um, I read. Demons Don't Dream, obviously, that was like my first, that was my first foray into these books. I read Isle of View. I read uh, Being a Green Mother with a Tangled Skein. I read that one. I was wielding a red sword. Wow, I was really, really into these ones. I forgot about these. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe I was thinking of a different writer. mm. I'm not finding, what's Piers, why is he an asshole? Is it just that I his mean, books are super sexist? Extremely sexist. Because now I can't think of any story I've heard about him. 
I just like all of a sudden my brain went no bad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. The um the women are just all like she had sensual large nipples Ew. and her <laughs> <laughs> like they're all very like okay like male fantasy author describing a beautiful woman okay that must be and also like very bad puns <laughs> like wow i read all of these books like with a tangled skein is oh it was the first of the eight books in the incarnations of immortality it's about um oh fate so it's about the character fate um I read a lot of his books. I was very, very into Piers Anthony books. Here's an AV Club article. I I put in Piers Anthony in quotation marks because too much Piers Morgan shit was coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then sexism and an AV article <laughs> came up. Revisiting the sad, misogynistic fantasy of Sam. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Xanth was... is tricky. But I was really hard into Xanth. Um, all the Xanth novels. I yeah. Here it is. Here's the how this article was supposed to go down. As a kid, I lived in Florida. Back then, I loved the books of Piers Anthony, especially his humorous best-selling Xanth series, which is set in a parallel version of Florida where magic and mythical creatures exist. For this installment of Memory Wipe, I was going to reread A Spell for Chameleon, the 1977 novel that started the Xanth series, whose 37th, yes, 37th volume. S River Doom comes out this month. Wow, still writing them. He's Amazing. still writing. He is still writing. I I was noticing that. Wow. Then 2020. In poignant prose, I would revisit the magic of my own Floridian childhood, even though I love that he's telling us like the grand uh, <laughs> like uh goal of this piece. Even though that childhood was actually pretty fucked up, but maybe not quite as fucked up as it seemed at the time. The big takeaway, thanks Piers Anthony for the swell book. Not to mention giving me a tidy epiphany about how fantasy, geography, and nostalgia overlap in the hazy mists of reminiscence. Instead, this happened. I reread A Spell for Chameleon, and during those excruciating hours, all I could think about was what a sad, misogynistic piece of shit it is. Yep. All those books are really misogynistic and, like, really bad. And at the time, I was like, this is fun. <laughs> um. Yeah, I... Uh, all, my brain, even though I couldn't think of any specifics, my brain started an alarm the second you said Pierce Anthony. I was like, mm, mm, danger, yep. danger. Yep. Yep. I. Oh, here, here we go. The examples of Bink's misogyny, the main character, are so numerous and so innocuously presented throughout Spell, it's hard not to conflate them with Anthony's own views. Patronizing pot shots of, at women is what passes for wisdom in the book is delivered through Anthony's mouthpiece, Bink. And every major character in the book, women included, reinforces it. Among the snippets of misogyny, Anthony delivers via various characters, male and female, in Spell. All women are the same inside. They differ only in appearance and talent. They all use men. <laughs> yeah. And like literally, like I remember like every single woman that he writes is the same in personality. It's just like, does she have green eyes and black hair or does she have blue eyes and blonde hair? Like that, that was the difference in, in yikes in it. Yes, it's uh, not great. Poor but yeah, Kelly. sure. Well, I know. Poor baby Kelly. Listen, I thought it was tight because I found that book at a library book sale, you know, when they're like 25 cents. Mm hmm. 
So I got that book and I was like, uh oh, really into Piers Anthony. And then like read wow. almost all of his uh, incarnation books and a bunch of the Xanth books. Wow. Um, so we'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, also, I have to this think week on is, what mine would be. I mean, it's I, something it, that embarrassing. Here's the thing. I feel like we already covered me plenty by reading a book I wrote. Yes, I think we did. We did. That amounted to what, like 15 episodes of yeah. reading snippets of Empire High? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we all know my former bad taste as evidence in my own work. So yeah. yeah, please do not feel bad if we choose your book and you give us a book that you love and we don't like it. And we are sorry. Yeah. We're very sorry. Um, also, uh, this week is going to be the last week of exile. Um, the uh, finale comes out. Um, there's going to be two episodes out tomorrow. Wow, already. Um, yeah. And they're a bit shorter, which is why I'm releasing two in one day. So I'm going to release one at midnight and one at noon. Yeah. And that'll be it. It'll be over. If you guys haven't listened to Kelly's um, narrative horror podcast, Exile, yet, you need to do so because it is very cool and creepy and very unnerving. Oh, thank you so In much. In the best possible way. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, yeah, li- take take a listen. And if you like it, leave a review. Um, I'm still like very... It, so far, the reviews have been great. All five stars. There's one four-star review that I'm like, who Why? is Why this? Why would you? But also, they didn't write a review. So I'm like, who who did this, though? <laughs> but for real, who, who? did this? Stand by your word. Mm-hmm. If you really um, feel that strongly... Um, you know what? Reveal yourself. Yeah. Show the receipts. Why do you feel this mm-hmm. way? Um, I joke. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened. And um, yeah, so check it out anywhere you can get your podcasts. Um, yep. Cool. And then uh, follow our show on everything at Teen Creeps Pod. Mm-hmm. Tell a friend about it. Uh, rate and review us. Um, yeah, we just really, really appreciate you guys. Seriously, um, this this doing this podcast is such a lifeline to the outside world, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I really appreciate it. Uh, so we'll see you next week. In the meantime, wear a mask, keep a social distance if you can afford to do so. Wash your hands. Black Lives Matter. Um, thoughts and prayers with the president in whatever way that means to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say what I'm praying for. No, so but we saying. all have our, we all have our thoughts and prayers that are specific to us. And right, um, you know what? That's your, that's your call. I also wanted to. Uh, someone mentioned this, and I wanted to, to, uh, to remind you guys of this. I know it's hard, but sometimes if you're feeling like extremely just icky bad, try washing your hair. You will be surprised what happens. Oh yeah, someone brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, because truly, like, sometimes I'm like, wow, everything's really, really horrible. And then I'll wash my hair and I'll be like, oh, I mean, it is horrible, but like, I'm still here. That's a nice sentiment. And if you Mm -hmm. don't like washing your hair like me, I uh, just recently realized, like, you know what? I can change up my shampoo and conditioner. Maybe I don't have the right one. Oh, yeah. Because I don't like I fucking hate washing my hair. I hate showering so much. I know you do. I know you do. I hate it. I have noticed that I don't I don't like it until I do it. You know what I mean? Like after I shower, I'm like, oh, I do feel better. 
I do feel better. But it is the moments leading up to it where I'm like, <sighs> do I go in and take a shower? Yeah. Um, but I do. I always feel better afterward as well. But it is such yeah. a, I just, I just really, really hate it. But you mm-hmm. should do it. I have been doing it pretty much every day of quarantine. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself. Honestly, like there's nothing like just scrubbing the shit out of yourself and then emerging like a baby, like a baby skin. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I'm fresh for the world. And then you're like, okay, I guess I do see why. It's like the thing of like after you work out where you're like, yes, going, you're, you're not like. No one ever finishes a workout and is like, well, I shouldn't have done that. What a waste. It's like, you're always like, oh, unless you went too hard and then don't go so hard. Monitor your body. Mm -hmm. But it also was not a waste. It was maybe scary or just too tiring. But you're never like, what a waste of 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Like that 30 minutes is. Uh, That's a 30 minutes I can never get back. (laughs) You don't usually get (laughs) That's what I think when I read some of these books. Mm -hmm. Okay. True. Well, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate you. Yep. So see you next time. Keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.